Hello and welcome to the Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I'm your host Ahmed Sharif. In today's episode, dear journalist Danyata Empoya talks to Sunaya Chatrapati about children from marginalized communities and the lockdown. But before that, here are the news highlights. It's the 68th day of the COVID-19 lockdown in India. At the time of recording this at 7 a.m. on May 30th, Saturday, the data maintained by Deccan Herald shows that India has now over 173,000 COVID-19 cases. So far, 4,973 people have lost their lives due to the virus. And the good news, 11,368 people recovered on Friday. Among the states Maharashtra continues to record 2000 plus cases every day. On Friday alone it recorded 2682 cases totaling 62228 cases. While Delhi saw a spike of 1106 cases on Friday, Tamil Nadu has now crossed the 20000 cases mark. It has recorded 874 cases on Friday alone. What is lockdown 5.0 you ask? You have to wait till Sunday. Prime Minister Narendra Modi will announce the next strategy to deal with the pandemic during his monthly video address Man Ki Baat. The PM will take into account the inputs he received from Home Minister Amit Shah and Cabinet Secretary Rajiv Gauba. Shah has discussed the next phase of lockdown with Modi and has informed him that most of the states favored an extension of lockdown, but with substantial relaxations to bring businesses back on rails and ease commuting as several offices have begun to function. Karnataka has currently 2781 cases and Bihar 3276. I have mentioned the two states because according to a disease prediction model both the states have experienced exponential growth in covid-19 infected patients in the last two weeks. Their R or reproduction number value is 1.62 in the May 16th to May 24th period which is way above the national average now that is 1.23. and it's higher than states like maharashtra which has the r value at 1.27 and gujarat 1.26 and tamil nadu 1.56 now remember that these states that is maharashtra gujarat and tamil nadu have high case loads r is the number of people one infected person can spread the infection to uh, an r value of 1.9 means that 10 infected persons will on average cause 19 new infections india initially had an r of 1.8 which has now come down to 1.23 as per the model In Bengaluru if you wish to travel by Namma Metro Arogya Setu app and masks are a must. You can only travel with Metro Smart cards and no tokens will be issued at stations. Only 346 passengers or 1/6 of the train's normal capacity will be allowed to get on board. This is part of the new rules framed by the BMRCL. The metro operations are set to resume after almost 2 months. But when do the operations actually start? BMRCL managing director Ajay Seth said that they were waiting for instructions from the center. We have seen on television and read reports of how people from the marginalized communities have been affected by the lockdown. But what about their children? Dear journalist Danyata Empoya speaks to Makkala Jagrati Sunaya Chhatrapati about it. Listen in. Hello, I'm Danyata Empoya and here with us is Sunaina Chatrapati, the Deputy Director of Makkala Jagruti, an NGO that seeks to create holistic learning platforms and empower socio-economically deprived children and youth. Welcome Sunaina. 
So what kind of communities does Makkala Jagriti work with and what's the aim? Yeah, uh, Makkala Jagriti is a 16-year-old uh, non-profit organization working with uh, poor and marginalized communities in Bangalore, uh, Kopal, Gadag, Tumkur and few districts of Karnataka. Our okay. focus is education and we work with uh, the most uh, marginalized communities. We work with government schools, Anganwadis. And we also set up learning centers in uh, urban slum communities. Okay. So these are the uh, you know kind of children that we work with, children and youth. And um, uh, the aim is to empower these communities using education as a tool to empower them. Okay, so what specific problems did you see among the communities that you work with after COVID-19 and the lockdown started? Um, so the immediate effect that we saw was, uh, you know, their livelihood, the means of livelihood itself was affected. Yes. A lot of uh, these communities work with the unorganized sector. A lot of them are small vendors, auto drivers, construction labor and other daily wage uh, laborers. And they were in immediate financial stress because a lot of them uh, do not, uh, you know, uh, they, they live uh, basically from day to day uh, uh, kind of uh, existence and all of a sudden everything stopped and yes. even getting food on the plate uh, became a problem. Um, so that was the immediate uh, effect it had on them even in the rural area surprisingly uh, you know yes. because rural also okay. maybe not the entire population but a significant percentage of population that we work with were affected because their uh, daily um, livelihood was um, affected. And of course, other uh, stuff that the government was talking about, you know, social distancing, maintaining hygiene, etc. That also is a problem because a lot of them, especially in the urban uh, poor communities, live in really packed and densely populated uh, communities. Yes. And, you know, uh, have maintaining social, they all have community bathrooms and toilets and uh, the houses are, you know, six by ten foot kind of, ten feet Even kind of. Even in rural areas or just in Bangalore? In, in Bangalore okay. and in uh, the towns of the other places we work. But in rural, that was, uh, of course, uh, not uh, an issue. And many of them also, COVID did not reach. So, uh, you yes. know, they, they did not live in the fear. But here, there was also the fear uh, and these guidelines and, you know, not being able to maintain uh, uh, the precautions that the government was asking them to. I think that itself was a big uh, uh, challenge. And of course, how to engage themselves, right? Like for us, uh, we were all working, we are still working from home, a lot of privileged communities, they could take their work home easily. Yes. But these communities, there is, uh, they really couldn't do any work from home uh, for their employer. And children did not know how to get engaged. Of course, they would play a lot and, you know, they would play with each other outside as well. But uh, still, there's only so much you can do. Uh, not knowing uh, how to engage themselves and uh, uh, also living in this uncertainty, unsettled um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, environment uh, was really, is really stressful. Uh. So how are they coping with the current crisis? Like, how are they dealing with it? And so I think, um, you know, th this, like all of us are saying, this is becoming the new normal. Yes. Uh, while it has been difficult for everybody, it has definitely been a little more difficult for these uh, communities. Um, you know, uh, uh, they struggle one, I, like I mentioned about the fear itself and uncertainty. And um, uh, a lot of socio-emotional stress also, a lot of emotional stress on these communities. 
but they are figuring out and now with the lockdown uh, restrictions easing out especially in karnataka i think a lot of them are going back to their uh, uh, jobs and things are slowly picking up they started adults, working again yeah yeah so for the adults it is uh, uh, definitely getting better but for the children it is uh, it is a tough one with the schools closed with you know uh, being asked not to go out uh, far not to go to the playgrounds nearby yes. there is no space in uh, spaces where they live so it is a tough one and since our focus is mainly on children and youth we can really see that um, uh, you know they are uh, struggling to just cope and even they don't have any materials at home you know we could um, uh, for kids in our families we probably just give them a, a coloring book one day a ipad the other day and that should be enough yes. and that should be enough mm-hmm. to engage them but these kids uh, don't have any resources uh, to engage them beyond a point so it is uh, uh you know quite tough on them so uh, how is makkala jagruti supporting these communities especially children uh so we uh, you know uh, like we uh, always believe in you know supporting and empowering these communities the first thing was to ensure that all of them have the right and relevant information so this could be about covid precautions this could be about the various government schemes that were happening we wanted all of them to know because a lot of uh, information initially was coming out but all posters were in english and you know many yes. of them can't even read kannada so mm. we immediately started making audio clips video clips in the local languages and started sending out to them so that first they have the right uh, information, information and relevant information yeah mm. then we realized that a lot of them actually don't have food like while um, you know the pds and all was announced it took a while for that to even start happening okay. uh, distribution through the pds and even there it was just rice and dal right but you need okay. so many vegetables more things to and, go into okay. yeah vegetables or oil salt uh, you know your spices and yes. you know other nutrition nutrition and all that uh, go in uh, so we realized that was uh, missing and a lot of them also don't have ration cards etc so we found different uh, you know uh, different challenges in different communities so the second thing we did was actually started out uh, essential uh, grocery kits uh, support so we were fortunate enough uh, you know to uh, mobilize some funds for this and we also realized since we have the ability to influence um, our donors who already know us you know we would no- not be fair if we don't do this so since we were in that you know position where we could influence people to support us uh, so far we were able to support more than 4000 uh, families that's about 15 16000 people uh, by okay. providing ration kits which would last more than a month and also some hygiene materials like soaps etc along with that um, was provided and the third okay. thing which is more important most important and dear to maklajagrati is engaging the children itself so that is our primary focus how do we meaningfully engage our children and youth so we have three programs where we work with the anganwadis and government schools and the youth so across age groups we plan different initiatives where we could reach them through whatsapp through mobile so i think we really understood the power of technology in these times okay. and we started engaging by you know providing uh, sharing simple tasks every day nothing complex nothing related to their academics or anything but something which they could learn from their immediate uh, surroundings and uh, that has been going well and it's 
making playing a small role at least in you know keeping the children uh, excited and engaged on a daily basis so these are some of the things that uh, uh, makul jagriti did and has been doing in the last uh, couple of months so did you face any hurdles yeah initially i think just getting out was a big hurdle because we needed to do these distributions and we okay. were not getting the passes and all of that and you know how strict it was like vehicles were getting seized and even though we had um, uh, you know a legitimate reason it took quite a while to get uh, the and rightly so because so many people were trying to you know yes. uh, get these passes and all of that so that was a hurdle but after that it was fairly smooth uh, uh, for that part of it uh but the other things that i'm mentioning about awareness and um, you know engaging children that is still a hurdle because not everybody has a smartphone not everybody uh, has been able to recharge their mobile phones even if they have their smartphones a lot of them have gone to their villages and uh, you know far away places where they don't have network so reaching these people and even checking on how they're doing has been a hurdle and we we are worried about how a lot of them are doing because we absolutely have no clue uh, just because we are not able to uh, connect with them so according to you how can the government help such communities tackle the situation like what is the role of the government yeah yeah i mean definitely the role of the government is the biggest here right there's only so much ngos and civil society can do the government is the body which has the largest reach um, and scale uh, the good thing i saw in karnataka is a lot of departments uh, you know came together and uh, they were open to collaborate with ngos um, uh, like us and many others who were done phenomenal work Uh, we saw the rdpr the labor department the women and child police a lot of them and we okay. ourselves collaborated with uh, them and took their support or they took our support um, okay. also seeing that you know they're working with a sense of urgency and um, ownership that is happening but probably little more uh, focus on how we can have uh, health strategies in place for such communities especially in urban uh, uh, densely populated uh, you know the urban slums as we call it uh, what are the strategies if at all uh, you know uh, unfortunately something happens there a covid case uh, comes up there because it's very very difficult to contain it in such a space then uh, also apart from food uh, through the pds and all i think this i i really wish the government could expand beyond giving rice and dal to some okay. more essentials like you know it could be soap it could be oil it could be uh, some more things that without which you can't really go by day to day um, yes. you know the basic essentials and i think another important thing not just for these communities but generally now more than ever with the lockdown easing up there has to be more focus on the awareness campaigns because nobody is following the distancing norms yes. nobody is following wearing a uh mass people are blatantly spitting on the road you know everything is gone back to normal yeah, yeah. so i think now more than ever like when we were in lockdown it was fine people were all still confined to their houses but now how do we make it the responsibility of every individual there has to be some more enforcement measures from the government some more uh, uh, you know thinking through of how they can bring this in uh, Uh, uh in the people and i think most importantly see this was an unprecedented time and the government is also learning from this but yes. 
i think the learnings from this should carry on for you know suppose we need to do another major lockdown the mistakes or the learnings from this should be applied for the next time you know to ensure that the most disadvantaged and the most marginalized communities are not uh, neglected while making those decisions right like um, we are learning and even the government is learning so i'm just hoping that uh, all these learnings are applied uh, in the coming days and uh, we all operate with um, more empathy than we uh, normally do okay so thank you so much for joining us today That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Do rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many of your other favorite platforms. Do share this podcast with your friends, family, and on social media. For latest updates on COVID nineteen and other news, log on to www.deckenherald.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out our e-paper at www.deckenheraldepaper.com to be updated on the go. Follow our Telegram channel t.me/deckenheraldnews for instant updates. Take care, stay safe, and stay indoors. <laughs>